smash those physicality wise and you know they're going with them to every ball there. This is Come On Kind with Martin Quilty and Onya Fahmi. Good evening, everybody, and welcome once again to the KCLR studios here. We are in Studio 2 for Come On Kind. This is Season 5. It's Episode 7. And I feel a little bit trapped tonight because I'm surrounded by the lovely females, you know, the lovely ladies. Hyper, maybe, but, you know... The other one has decided to abscond and go off on holidays off to Poland somewhere. So I hope she's really enjoying herself. But at least poor Owl Paula stayed behind us and, you know, to keep the show on the road and keep us going. Paula Dowling, you're welcome. Let me out here quick. I know, delighted to be here. I'll be shouting that shortly. <laughs> I'll be like, uh, what's that, Anton Day? Oh, I'm a celebrity. She'll get me out of here. here. Yeah. Anyway, it won't be that bad. No, it won't be. We're, we're delighted to have you here again this evening. Um, you avoided the, the rain and you're not washed out of it anyway, so you're... No, 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 no. Um, tired, but we're all here. And that's the important thing. Uh, we're all tired, but you're, as we say, there'll be plenty of time to rest when you're in certain places and the whole lot and that that we won't talk about right now. But we have a very special guest in studio because we are joined by not only Camogie royalty, but farming royalty, because I think apart from Michael D. Higgins, maybe that we might get down here at some stage, we have a president in our mix with us here this evening in KCLR on Come On Kind. And that is because the president of Mokra, Miss Elaine Houlihan, joins us all the way from Limerick. But Elaine is not here to talk about cows or farming or the ploughing, which we might get into because there was a world record attempt at the weekend. But Elaine is also a charter physiotherapist and... She does sideline work and, you know, physio from the sideline. And we're going to chat about all that things and physio recovery. And she might give Paula a belt or, you know, bandage up something there after giving her the belt to see how a broken nose goes. And you know yourself, but (laughs) Elaine, you're welcome. Thanks for having me, Martin, even though I was nearly pushed off my um, chair by Paula. Well, now, if you fall and we're not applying physio to you, like... Who's going to help me if I fall? No one. Because you're relying on me to help you. We'll laugh. (laughs) Rice, rest, ice, compression, elevation. <laughs> you probably take a video of me too. I would actually. <laughs> oh, God. Anyway, it's very nice to have you here with us. Um, congratulations, first of all, on your appointment as MACRA president. Uh, Thank you. Busy few years ahead? It's going to be a very busy two years and I'm only in us a few months. I took over there um, the 14th of May at our national AGM in Cork, of all places. Well, now tell us, how... It's somebody that's involved in sport and physio work and the whole lot become president of Makra. I suppose, firstly, I'm a Makra baby. Both my parents met in Makra. So that's why I'm called a Makra baby. When I turned 17, the application forms were put in front of me. The only reason I joined was the cheap insurance. And there's no point lying because <laughs> everybody knows about it now. Um, and then I took over the club. I became the Munster vice president for two years. And then when as I was finishing up my two years, um, the membership started asking me, would I go for president? And I kept saying no. And then... Maybe it was a moment of madness. I put my hat in the ring and look, look at me now. I'm here. Well, fair play to you for doing it. And no better woman, I can tell you, for uh, for the job as well. If you're anything like you are on the sidelines, I'm telling you one thing, the, the mockery people are in for a tough time. Yeah, the attitude hasn't changed. No. No, I don't not ever. one bit. No, you, you, you can't. A leper can't change its spots. Like Exactly. 
Anyway, obviously your day job is a, a physiotherapist, you're a charter physiotherapist. Your main work, I suppose, is matches, weekend, going along and doing sideline work and physio for the teams, etc. So as a physio, tell us exactly what's entailed when you're going to a match and you're doing the work of a physio on the sideline, would say over in Nolan Park or at any pitch across the country. Yeah, I suppose being a pitch side physio, it's not the most appealing part of being a physio, but it's something that I really love. Um, I think it's the unknown of every match. You don't know what injury you're going to have. You don't know who you're going to meet before the game. Yes, of course, management are going to give you a few names. But after that, I'm, I don't even want to look to my left, do I? Uh, no I won't I won't even tell you what Paula just wrote on a piece of paper but like before the match you're there you're starting out everybody I suppose that whole attitude that's in the dressing room that environment of if it's a really important match you're there but you're trying to keep to that environment as well while getting everybody ready to go out on that pitch and I suppose the minute the whistle goes that's when you're on your toes you're, you have to look every direction you possibly can to make sure there's nobody down and if they're down you're straight in What's the difference? Because obviously you do both between males and the females. Um, And I mean this in a way, when you go into a dressing room and I've been in the dressing rooms where lads have a big match coming, you know, it's very kind of like focused. There's not much chatter. There's not much yapping going on. You know, you go to a female's dressing room and it's kind depending on who the team is, etc. It's a little bit more relaxed. Do you find that or do you find the women might be tougher than the men? It's very different. It really does depend on your team. Like last year alone, I was doing a lot of, we'll say, filling in for different people. And I'll never forget, I was so used to the whole attitude of being in the dressing room, focused, people with headphones on. And I walked into this team and they had a big speaker on with ABBA playing and they were all dancing around. <laughs> and this was before, this was before a semi-final. I was like, what is happening? But that that was just their team. It was a female team. Oh shoot, I thought it was a male. I was going to say, like, yay. It's just that attitude. It changes the whole time. And like, I've worked inter-county even, we'll go senior hurlers. Like seeing, you think they're inside that dressing room focused. No, they're, 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 they're having the crack. It's like, it's different from team to team. And I suppose another team I toss, they were so serious. It was silence inside. And again, it was a team I didn't know. And I came up to the dressing room door. The name was outside in it. Again, didn't have a notion who was who. Didn't even know the manager's name. It was a last minute call. And when I saw one of the girls coming out, tape and rosary beads to the door. It was a completely different thing. I went from ABBA one week to this the second week. But then it's the same with the lads. Like the lads vary as well. It just depends, I think, more on your team and what, what they used to do. Yeah. Well, I suppose as a physio then as well, you're obviously in a ground pretty early. Um, you're setting up, you have your portable table coming with you to do what predominantly rub downs. And I, I, I'm going to ask you this question. I mean, what is the benefit of a rub down before a match? And obviously you would have probably strapping to do on certain uh, injuries, lower limbs more predominantly and knee injuries, I would say more than anything else. Yeah, and I suppose now, firstly, Martin, you touched on portable table and I might as well say here, I've been doing pitch side about six years and I'd say I've gone through seven tables. And that that isn't by the players, that's by the management coming in or somebody coming in and giving a slap early. That's what's happening. <laughs> I've gone through more I've gone through more portable tables than the man on the moon. Are they well insured? <laughs> oh, I can tell you when you're when you're standing there and you just hear the crack, you're like, here we go again. And my father's gone sick of having to reinforce them with steel because they make them too heavy then for me to carry. Yeah. You'll be there weighed down. But look, I suppose the biggest thing is 
you'd of course have your people that would want to rub down. There would be a few people that would have a lot of games throughout the week leading up or else they'd have training or it depends on their job. It could be quite physical. I'm not one of those physios that is very pro having to do rub downs and I'm very against strappings at times. I think Paula, you can confirm mm-hmm. that. Yeah, yeah. Um, look, I suppose as I always say to everybody, I'm like, if you're not used to getting a rub down before a match, don't get it. Because sometimes it can go against you because when you're rubbing out some muscle, you're bringing blood to the area. It will get warm. You could cramp afterwards. You, it's something like, as I say, if you're not used to it. It's not the norm. No, it's not the norm. And I think it's when people see the physio table out, they're like, I better hop up on that now. Well, actually, that was my next question. And, and I know I'm going to get grief for this and it whenever I see some people next as well. But is it in a lot of people's minds? Like when yeah. you when you go and like you say, you see a physio table there and they're like, well, I need to get a rub down before my match. Yeah, it's in a lot of people's heads and I suppose a lot of people won't like me saying that either. But again, Paul, I can confirm there's many times I do go to a match and the physio bed's the last thing I bring in. I try to avoid to bring in a physio bed as, bed as much or else I might bring in the physio bed and tell them to put the jerseys up on us. Because it's, it's, it's in a lot of people's head. It's just when they see the physio bed. Yes, I do get it. A lot of people do need strappings. We've had a lot of ankle strappings this year. Not that many knees now this year. A lot of thumbs, it's ahead of. A lot of thumbs. If I could start buying thumbs now, it would be handy. <laughs> We've had a lot of thumbs. Obviously, you know yourself, you still have your few people that like the tape on the wrist. As a physio, I'm unsure what it's doing. But look, again, you could say that's in your head. I see a lot of people writing predominantly on that. I don't know. Some of them has uh, hard work. Some of them has work rate or Maybe just it says pull on the ball. (laughs) Sorry. Or or, or pull on something that may not not be the ball. Don't roll lift. Oh yeah, I'd be in favour of that team. I know. You're you're getting wristbands done with that. (laughs) No roll lift. The famous line of Paula there from the sidelines. I I don't know how many times we're going to have to listen to that. But yeah, no, that, that's interesting to hear now because obviously when you're looking in at different things and you see okay the physio is strapping someone up okay so he might have an injury or she might have an injury and they're strengthening on up that ankle and blah 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 etc it's not good to do that at all predominantly No I look there was a team that I went out to and I was only covering them for a week or two while another physio was away on holidays and I'll never forget it. this was only before training a queue of nine of them came in and I'm that physio that'll turn around Nine Yeah nine. Oh God I was like she told me now this would be a handy old job you know <laughs> I wasn't expecting a line of nine <laughs> but I'm that type of physio that'll be like so what's wrong with you and they'll be like oh will you tape my ankle and I'll be like why What? why do you need your ankle taped and if you aren't currently in the physio or you haven't done something to your ankle wh- why is my next question to you again I will literally refuse to tape somebody's ankle if I have to because it's this whole thing that we were just touched on. It's in your head. Well, this might be a stupid question, but could you actually do more harm to yourself and give yourself an injury by taping up something that's not already injured? Yeah, like you can weaken. You can weak. Like if you keep taping your ankles, like you're literally weakening your ankle too because you're relying on that support in the match. Paul is just giggling here. I, I don't know. I asked a serious question and it's like it's the, something else. She's a bit of a child now, to be honest. <laughs> well, this is, I was going to ask a question. Is that how do you, do you find with females versus males, do they react different to injuries or I, I suppose are there's a lot of commonalities with the guard to when they get, do they get the same type of injuries or it's nearly a two-prong question there now. No, it's, it's, 
Oh, you're all right. No. So you can walk away. It's similar enough, to be honest, between both. It is very similar. Um, but I have to say one thing. There's less strapping in the female side of the house. In the male side of the house, you know you have to bring a whole box of tape. You know, you think the you think the hurlers are about to play a rugby match with the amount of tape that some of them will want. And then when you hear the whole thing, you'd be like, so does that feel okay? The strapping on your ankle and be like tighter. And then, you, then all of a sudden they go out and I'd be there. I'd be, I'd be saying to them going, you know, now your ankle's going to swell. Like, you know, when you start running or else the warm weather. Do you remember that spike in the weather we had mm. there? Was it about two weeks ago? I was like, come here, I'll have to find the strapping a bit looser because your ankle will swell like. No, no. They're right. The player is right. The player knows best. The physio knows nothing at that moment in time. And then all of a sudden, you see them, you see them running towards you. And you know you have to pull out the scissors out of the pockets. And then you're cutting off the strap and to re-strap it. Yeah, that, that's very interesting, I, I have to say. But it, it just goes to show the, the different mindsets because obviously physios are different as well. And they obviously have different mentalities around. And some lads will just be I suppose uh, keep the peace and do whatever somebody wants to do and you know the others might just say well hold on a minute now why do you need this etc to be done so there's both sides and there's always interesting facts between the two as well injury prevention Um, let's get into that a little bit because obviously we've seen more ACL uh, injuries occurring over the last two three years they're starting to get younger especially I see more in females and maybe that's wrong but what we've seen and even the the reports that's coming from different clubs they're starting even to get ACL injuries now at 14 years of age can you tell us first of all an ACL is obviously um, say it for me down to your cruciate thank you yes that's what I was trying to think your cruciate is gone so um, what does that mean to have your cruciate gone first of all well it's just one of the ligaments in your knee and I suppose it's one of the most common ones that do go in sports unfortunately and sometimes at a young age it can actually go in a match and it's very hard to tell it's very very hard to tell sometimes with young people because, and especially in females because you have hypermobility and people listening to this all you have to do is put out your arm and if your arm isn't straight and your elbow is extending back a small bit more it's more common in females you're high, like you have hypermobility, like 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 my tongue here that I'm showing you. It's it's just common in females. Um, look, there's a lot of people there. Some people, when they do their ACL, they're not going back to sports. Some of them will opt not to go for surgery. There's there's certain there's different ways around it, but the surgeries have gone very, I suppose, popular. We might as well say we probably could name. 10 people between four of us here in this room who are probably after getting the surgery or waiting for a surgery on their ACL. But some of them don't go wrong. <laughs> yeah, this is possible, but it's like any surgery, Martin. It's it's kind of a gamble you take. And the biggest problem with them is, I suppose, it's it's kind of, I went to college in the Netherlands. So I would have seen the sports side of the Netherlands, which would have been, you would have been cycling every day. You would have been walking every day. You might play hockey. You might play um, soccer. Obviously, they didn't have hurling over there or camogie. It was the Netherlands or Bay Robbie. But here in Ireland, it's nearly like I see now parents are like, okay, Mary better have Mary or Johnny better have something on every every evening of the week we better keep them busy but you're overloading at such a young age which is causing a lot of issues and like when I first came on with the minor camogie what was the first thing I gave out about Paula? Don't ask me there was a lot Obviously, look, the colour of the jersey oh, probably was yeah, an issue first, you issue, know. Really, but yeah. look, like the biggest thing for me, and it was something I was quite passionate about, is the warm-up. Oh, yep. I am a stickler when it comes to a warm-up. 
I cannot. It's the one thing I'm literally, okay, you can say, let, obsessed with. Let me ask you on that. Why obsession? Why, why stickler about a warm up? It's what? so important. It is so, so important In that you way? go out, that you have stretched your muscles, you've warmed them up, you're ready to go. If you go onto a pitch and you're cold... You're going to be injured. I, I'm that confident. I'd bet my van full of wellies outside on it. You know. I think, I think she equated one day as being like a half cooked chicken. I remember her saying this, and that she said you're not going to eat a half cooked chicken because you're going to get salmonella. It's the same principle. Definitely not. No. I feel like I probably wouldn't have come out with that statement, but then again, I could come out with anything. <laughs> she did because that. Remember, I remember going. She's like a half cooked chicken. You're, you're asking for trouble. And like I mean, it is. It's 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 something I suppose from when Lane did come out the miners. You know, warm ups weren't they were there when I was playing but it wasn't the most the thing and I suppose it was very much straight lined it was very much like going in and out and, and whatever but I suppose it's the more which has a role to play still but even Elaine would say it's about it's warming up all of the muscle groups and being dynamic about it so that your 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 muscles aren't set in, in, in moving the one way and it's about change know, of direction yeah, I'm, change I'm of direction definitely going to get shot for this but I mean when you started playing Right, and I'm I'm not going. She to hopped s- out of the car and just ran onto the right. pitch because she was I'm, definitely late. I'm not going to I'm not <laughs> going to say anything, right? But it's back a while, you know. We didn't really have no, no, I no, I I mean this nicely, um, and I'm I'm not uh, I'm, I'm digging a hole here, but I can't. Okay. Well, keep going, Martin. I won't hold against you. Go it's on. okay. The hole the hole is open here now, Martin. Go on. So you're no, safe, but you, do you know what I mean? Ba- back in the day, like before, we didn't have as many injuries or, or did we and we didn't hear about them we like, may have but the other thing as well you have to remember back in those days we weren't sitting in front of a TV with the computer game no well like, this is a lot of problems as we well were, like. like I mean you didn't really get but, to watch but while it was fussing turf on the <laughs> other, yeah but on the other hand then Elaine is saying it like when you're still doing too much you're now giving yourself injuries potentially you as see, well the thing is I would say maybe I'm wrong is that from a young age you were doing this stuff your body was pro- it's like everything you've done a, a program you're actually programmed you've done your warm up from the age of whatever you're outside rooting in stand digging in dirt you're using all of the different muscle groups you were doing strength and conditioning without knowing you were doing strength exactly. and conditioning exactly like it's, it's, it's it, I actually think that is a fact I do think, like, look at Mikey Butler, for example, right? Mikey Butler is probably one of the smallest men playing intra-county hurling at the moment. What's his career? He's a farmer. So what muscle groups has he been using all of his life? I know, but now, in fairness, he has done an awful lot of gym work as well lately as well, like, to help himself strengthen. Well, I, 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 I would know, I, I'm sure he probably is. No, he has. But we, saying, we know you, he it's has. It's like everything. If you're going to build a wall, what's the first thing you put in? A foundation. There I go. Question answered. God, I got something right. <laughs> anyway. I, was, I was kind of wondering where that was going, to <laughs> be honest. Yeah. I was like, what you get where I come from is that I do. that's why in those days we probably did have injuries, but we probably played through them. You weren't as injury aware as well. So yeah. it's, no, it's, 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 it's just something to look at. Anyway, but, talking about foundations, let's move on to injury prevention. Um, so what can people do to prevent injuries? What do they need to look out for or to help themselves along? Especially now, We'll say both males and females, right? Because we're coming into the championship end of the season. So obviously the matches are going to come a lot quicker, a lot faster. There's not as much time for recovery. So how can players get themselves in prime prime, uh, fitness? Yeah, I suppose the first thing is not to overload, like not to be doing, like if you have a taxing job where you're on your feet every single minute of the day as such and you have a big match coming up, you need to make sure you're not doing as much. Like, for example, we'll just use the farming for uh, um, example. 
you kind of want, like you don't want to be doing a lot coming up to the lead up of a match. You want to make sure that your warm up is going to be, it's going to be good. Like if you think your hamstring's not feeling right, then you need to know yourself because you're responsible for yourself that you need to warm up your hamstring. I'm not going to do it by rubbing it. Like nobody's going to do it for you. You have to be the person that is conscious that they have to do this. Like it's it's a team sport. It's not just individual too. Like, but at that moment in time, it is an individual matter. And the biggest thing is after your match, the cool down. I know sometimes after matches, if it's a big match and it doesn't go your way, the first thing you do, the head's down, you go into the dressing room. Worst thing you can do. Go out, do your cool down. It'll only take you another two minutes. You're only going to be on the pitch for two, three, four, five minutes. Even if your cool down's only jogging back to the dressing room, you just need something to help take that lactic acid out of your muscles and to avoid going home and being all stiff and cramping. And that's the last thing you want. And I suppose the one thing we always say, keep hydrated. And some people say that makes no difference, but it does. We saw it when we implement in I suppose Leisha was with us um, with the camogie um, she was a nutritionist and she made them drinks what were they like my wadi salt and water now they didn't taste great like you'd buy a bottle of energizer or something before you drink it but like it worked like it was getting salt back into your body and obviously that is important yep. as well to have it because when you sweat you're obviously losing salt and water and the whole lot you obviously have to replace that then that's what's coming out of it so that is important so hydration getting the salt back in um, obviously if you feel uh, niggles are acting that way does foam rollers help? Can they help? Like you'd see lads going even into training and they're bringing the foam rollers with them um, do they help? And again, I'm oblivious to most of this, so that's why I'm asking the questions. I find it baffling because I feel like, you know, you're a big player now, you're going to bring in your foam roller. It's like an accessory. And then when you turn around to that person, you're like, do you know how to use it? And they go, yeah, sure, I'm tyrolling there. No, you don't. That isn't how you work a foam roller. Do you know, it's... Sometimes it baffles me that, like, people don't know, like... (laughs) It's like your Louis Vuitton shoes, like, you know, that kind of thing. And you're not able to wear high heels. You know, that's the equation. No, I've never had them. <laughs> like, if the foam roller is used correctly, yeah, it will help. But, like, when you see people there literally lying down on the ground, rolling as fast as you can up and down the foam roller, I'm like, you're doing nothing. This one has me pinned to be a drag queen or something here tonight. <laughs> like, mother of God, all Moisey. Anyway. She's actually drawing a picture of you here, too. That's all Moisey helped me. See what I mean? It's the, lovely the, now. Is, like, yeah, it is, I think it's yeah. going to replace the Mona Lisa. <laughs> Anyway, come on, Mrs. Hoan, we'll keep chatting about uh, injury prevention and they can laugh and... Will we start playing X's and O's or something here now (laughs) in a minute? (laughs) Ice baths, are they beneficial? They are. I would recommend them. Obviously, if you do have a village or a town, I'd recommend going into the river too. It's the same thing. But again, when it comes to ice baths, a lot of people don't know how to use them correctly. Um, They go, oh sure, we'll sit in that now. And then do you really know how you're using it? Like, are you sitting in it for 10 minutes or are you sitting in it for a minute or else are you dipping your toe into it and be like, oh, that's too cold for me and hopping back out. Like if they're used correctly, yeah, they're great. But like it's if you're going in someplace and you're going using it, you do need to use the timer on the on the machine. Like you do need to actually pay attention. It's not about doing your nine minutes like without a break you have to keep coming in and out in, in and out because like the last thing you want to do is give yourself like a hypothermia or something you know and like yeah. some people will say in the ice bath there you know and brave it like you know they're the big lad or the big woman like but come on 
use it correctly. You're going in for three minutes, you're coming out for 30 seconds, you're going in for three minutes, you're coming out for 30 seconds and you're doing three minutes again. You need to do it that way to adjust your body temperature. All very interesting stuff, I have to say. Finally, we have to ask you one last thing because obviously um, you did have a world record attempt at the Ploughing Championships involving wellies, of all things. Did did you get the world record? We did indeed. Um, we had to break the world record of 792 people throwing a welly at the same time. So we managed to get 995 people wow. um, to throw a welly at the same time. Now, there was no major injuries. We just had one lad with a bloody forehead. But I think he got in the way of the welly. You're okay, it's a physio. <laughs> <laughs> I was there, like, you know, helping out. But, like, it was, it was a hard task getting people down into the area. Like, I went up. Now, firstly, I don't know whose great idea it was to give me a megaphone. Um, so I went up to the walkway and the plough and the steel tracks and I was telling anybody, anything they wanted to hear to get down there, that there was free burgers, that there was free pints of Guinness because it was a Guinness Book of World Records. I even told them the two Johnnies were undercover below there. Um, anything people wanted to know. I told them at one stage the walkway was closed and that this was the new way to go down. And... They all fell first. <laughs> so we now hold a Guinness Book of World Records. <laughs> well, fair play to you. And talking about the two Johnnies, obviously you were on their podcast as well recently or going on the podcast one yep. way or the other. But you're also appearing on the big screen because you're going on TV with them. Yeah, I'll be going on TV with the two Johnnies. Um, I need to go find a useless talent, but I'm fairly certain <gasps> I probably have a few. Oh, lo- I can list loads of prayer. You know. I, I just need to find something that, you know, I'm useless at. But it's very hard to come across something I'm useless at. I thought you were looking for a person. <laughs> She's inside her. I'll bring Paula. <laughs> I'm way too talented for a show oh, like that. Oh, God, help us. With your bucket hat on. Yes, with my bucket hat, yeah. Uh, Elaine Holan, thank you so much for joining us here this evening it's been an absolute pleasure I don't think I've laughed so much a majority of visitors coming in here but... Uh, Keep up the good work because you're. I suppose fab- I will. No, you will. You're you're fabulous at what you do. To be fair to you, um, no doubt that we may even see you with uh, a venture in Kilkenny soon enough. You never know. I suppose yeah. it's an awful thing that a Limerick one woman has to come down to help Kil- Kilkenny. Now we're not going into that debate now, so we're not. You know, we're we're lucky that we're leaving you into the county in the first place. But uh, a year year blessed, I'm in the county. Is is that the way it is? Yeah. Anyway, Mark, we're certainly blessed to have um, a person like you. So best of luck with the, the next two years. Well, a year and a half now, nearly at this stage. So, um, yep. yeah, enjoy it. And no doubt we'll be having a chat at some stage uh, during the next little while. Who knows? Thanks for having me on. You're more than welcome. Okay, some interesting thoughts there from Elaine Houlihan on injury prevention. And as we always say, if you're not too sure about anything, always seek medical professional advice and don't ever try and do things from Google or anything yourself because it just does not work and you can be doing more harm than good. Right, there is a lot of action taking place at the weekend with the draws that we done here a couple of weeks ago for the Senior Championship sponsored by Michael Ling Motors. Paula, we are going to start with the game between Young Ireland's (coughs) and St. Bridget's and this game is going to take place on Saturday um, with a 3pm throw-in in Danes Fort it's looking like at the minute. So we're down to the business end of things. It's do or die now for clubs itself. Who do you think is going to come out of this one? 
Do you know what? Even if you look at all the matches that are left, right? There's nothing between these teams. Um, looking at you, you sort of saying New Ireland's had a good enough run and then just seemed to not go particularly well. I saw St. Bridget's against Connie the night whereby they lost by was it a point or two. So, I mean, in between the two of them, oh, I'll only be giving out to me now for sitting on the fence, but I suppose. Um, I don't know. I. I <sighs> I'm going to go with Young Ireland's on that one. I just think they had a little dip in form um, and they. I just have a feeling that there'll be nothing between them, but I do fancy Young Ireland's. I just think, um, like with Tiffy and Steffi, they seem to be hurling quite well. St. Bridges have a lot of younger girls come up along that, that are well yep. able to hurl. Like, um, they do. But it's just, I feel that maybe Young Ireland's have a little bit more experience under their belt with their players. Okay, Conaghy versus Clara. That's going to take place in Cohen on Sunday morning at 11.30am. This is not going to be an easy one to call now, but I am putting you to do that for us. Based totally upon league performances, um, Clara did not have a good run in at all. Um, like I mean I suppose they were down so many players and I mean psychologically they need to get their head together and realise the players that they had a lot of their players last year I think they're down about five or six from last year that are gone off travelling around the world they need to just accept that and just put down a marker because they still have plenty of really good hurlers there Um Connie, they're down Danielle Barcy, which is a loss to them. But um, Mulhall and Ellen Gunner seem to be going great guns and Roisin is hurling well at centre back. Um, for Clara, I do believe they have the ability to win it, but they need to have the right mindset going forward. And that's what's going to win it. It's whoever which one of these wants it the most and has the belief in themselves to win the game. Um Hurling wise, both teams have really good hurlers on both sides there. So I would say I'd probably give the slight nod to Connie. Just about to Conaghy, she Just says. about. I wouldn't be surprised, lads, if that went to extra time. Well, it certainly could do because we do have extra time and uh, finish on the day. Right, the next game up is St. Martins versus Barrow Rangers. Before we do anything else, this game has no venue or day at the minute. We're still waiting on confirmation from it. But it's not going to be an easy task for either one of those this teams. Is, so This is going to be a tough match. Yeah. Like physically, um, like, I mean... They're both going to bring their A game to the pitch. Um, the intensity of the match, I'd say, will be will be really good because I know they're both going to be extremely up for it. They're both two very proud Camogie clubs and they'll both want to represent themselves well. Um, who will win it? Ah, I actually, it's so hard to call this one. On form, you'd have to say St. Martins because they sort of pulled a few results together there. Barrow Rangers, when they did lose, they didn't lose by, like, I mean, they, they're in and round about, in and around it. But I think Bar Rangers probably will have a point to prove. But the thing is, will St. Martins have too much firepower up front? Well, so that's where I'm looking at. Again, we'll have to find out, won't we? Yeah, I... I oh, Lillian's giving me the evil eye over I don't, there no, in the look, corner. I, I tell you what, I'll block her so you just go with whatever your gut feeling tells you. Will you check out them splinters? Um, I'm going to go with Barrow Rangers, lads. Ah, Jesus, and I had it down the other way. Uh, she's had to change in her mind. So. I have. I've changed. That shows you. Like, I actually, that one, and, and there will be nothing between these again. And I wouldn't be... Well, I can't say that because I got given out to the last time I said that. So what I would well, say there's is... there's going to be no draw. There's a finish on the day, so somebody is going to have to win. But I wouldn't be surprised if that would go to extra time. As well. Yeah, like there's not a lot between these teams, lads. So she's go, you're going with Barrow Rangers in this one? Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> Lillian help me who would you go for don't be looking at me yeah. Limerick what's the thing about Ireland 
goodnesses. Look, I'll stick with Power Rangers. You're going with Power Rangers. Right. Tolerone and Thomastown. A big one because our own Anya is obviously part of Tolerone. They're up against Thomastown. They did beat Thomastown in the first round of the league. She's not here, so it doesn't matter. She'll probably be listening in to hear what you're going to say anyway. So, who's going to win this? Tolerone are well capable of winning. However, I would think there probably will be a little bit of a kickback from Thomastown. Um, and I suppose the biggest thing is, is Jesus, lads. Like they came back, Tullerone came back at him well in that match. If you remember, Thomastown were winning and Tullerone came and fought back against it. I do think injuries are going to have a big impact on things. It depends on whether both panels have full team available to them. Which we don't know yet. We don't know yet. So, like, you're still going to have you'd to. You still have though. to go with Thomastown, them being, and the only reason I'm picking them is because they're current county champions. Right. Better push me button here. Right, well, Tullerone and Thomastown is going to take place on Sunday at one o'clock in Wind Gap. Um, so that is confirmed on that one. Right, obviously the meeting of Dixborough and Pilltown is in the league final. We're still awaiting confirmation on time and date on that one, but obviously it will be taking place at the weekend. So, who's going to win the league final? Jesus, lads. Do you know be easier if you ask me to pick the lot of numbers at this stage now? I'm going to do that next. <laughs> <laughs> Look, on form, looking at Dixborough the last day up again when they were playing Wine Gap, like, I mean, they played very well. They were quite clinical. They were down players. And that's not saying that Pilltown have their running game is is really good um, and you're looking at them and you're going like they they have really do have some really good players there so on this end I'm looking at it and I'm going ah. but I just think Dixborough at the moment probably would have too much firepower at the moment I suppose across the field they have a lot of options so even if one of their players is slightly off the game there's somebody else to to bring it in and also they have quite like I mean they've got a good subs bench because there's a lot of girls probably that were playing the last day in the uh, league semi-final that may not probably be starting this Sunday. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So you just don't know. And again, it depends on injuries. Um, the weather. Uh, the weather. There's uh, Depends if the... I, I'll use that as an excuse to get out of one of these. So I just, I don't know, but I would have to go on form from what I've seen to date would be Dixborough. But I wouldn't be surprised again if Piltown went, but I'd go Dixborough. Right, Okay. Uh, I'm going to have to get a different highlighter for that one. Uh, right, okay, let's move on to the Intermediate Championship uh, sponsored by Shaw's Department Store. The first meeting is going to be St. Clair's versus Dane's Fort. You played both of these already with Freshford, didn't you? you no, didn't. we only played St. Clair's. Is that all? I yeah. thought you played Dane's Fort as well. No, we didn't get to play them. Look, um, St. Clair's are a physically strong team and have some great hurlers around the pitch and well capable of, of beating anybody on their day. Dane's Fort just haven't produced the skills that we've seen earlier on in the season in the All-County League and in the Summer League. So, like, I mean, I'd say if you were to go in form, you'd be seeing St. Clair's, but you'd be think there'd be a right kickback from Dane's Fort. That like I mean, as a result of of you know, they just didn't produce it, and I think they have the capabilities within them to produce it. Are you looking for a soundboard now, or are you just thinking? To I'm yourself? just thinking out loud. I do this a lot. I do it in the car. If I'm doing sees me in the car talking to myself, this is what I'm doing. I'm talking things out in my head because. You well, know, if you start like, answering yourself, you're really in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I wouldn't be surprised if Dane's Fort won it, but on form, form thank you, Lillian. You would have to go at St Clair's. 
Okay, so we're putting down a mark beside St. Clair's to see whether she's going to get these right or wrong for next weekend. The boss is back next week anyway, so. Right, oh, Glen, Glenmore, Mullinavash. This one is going to take place down south somewhere because it's a meeting of neighbouring parishes almost, you could say, nearly. Mm, right beside, two great traditions in both clubs. Yeah. Um, oh, we forgot to say, actually, because the uh, the losers of the first round draws of the seniors actually going to go into the relegation semi-finals, um, which is going to be a mind-boggling exercise. I'm, I, not, I'm, I'm really getting palpitations at the I'm idea not, that. I'm not going to ask even to predict who's going to, to go down or anything this no, time. No, we'll we'll I, do that in a couple of weeks' time. But, like, but I mean, that's... that's, that's it, people, we've I suppose over the last two years we've forgotten about relegation. We haven't really had it because we've, we've been co- trying to get up to the 12 teams and, and we, keep it I there. I suppose and with yeah. COVID and everything and, and the lack of matches and, and things like that. But like, I mean, that's that's a big factor. Reality lads. is back, lads. Like, yep. I mean, if you're looking at the seniors, like, I mean, right, if you're looking at after the first round, you could see out of those eight teams, you could have Young Ireland's going back down, St. Bridges, Connie, Clara, St. Martin's, Bar Rangers, Tyrone, Thomastown. Yeah. It's a sort of a, it's a little bit of a wake up call to players and to teams. Look at Mullinavash has gone back down because they were, they were senior for years, senior champions for a number of years. They've won the Leinster uh, club competition. They were in the All Ireland semi final against Ardrahan going back a few years mm-hmm. ago there as well. Ballyhale were up senior there for a good while as well. And now potentially. One of the could be fair, facing down and staring into the junior competition next year because the losers of the intermediate as well, there's relegation in it. Mm, and nobody wants to be heading that way. And I think for a lot of these clubs that are bringing players on, if they could stay at intermediate for another year and bring on some more players and blood them and get the experience behind them, is that it, they will kick on from there. Because I suppose what you usually find is that you're going through a transitional period with certain clubs, as in you're you're trying to build your team back up and increase your panel numbers and to have that. Because we all know now the game is not a 15-player game anymore. It is at least, like you're talking about, 20 players that are going to be used in most matches. And you need to have that panel structure of about, say, 28, 29 players there in order to ensure that you have the bodies to come in and replace and I suppose the only way you're going to have that is by getting meaningful game time into those girls but like I mean between Glenmore and Mullinavat I just don't think Mullinavat seem to have clicked this year like we know they have good hurlers like you've got Leanne there you've got Julianne they're like good hurlers around them and plenty and Hannah's there as well they're all well able to hurl but they just don't seem to have clicked now you don't know I suppose in a lot of clubs um, is that players can be missing due to this and the other. Have they actually had their full panel at their disposal the whole way through the year? That's the other thing. Yeah. And I do think in some cases with some of the teams that are in that that in the first round proper in both the senior and intermediate, I don't think they've actually had their full panel at their disposal. But Glenmore, a young team, on Nevat have lost players as well. You know, they're relying on a couple of young girls as well. Who's going to win it? I would actually, I'm going to put, I'm going to put my... <laughs> As much as I, I, I have great respect for Mulvat, I have to go with Glenmore. You're going with Glenmore in this yeah. one. Okie dokies. Okay, Paula, moving on to the next one then. Emerald St. Anne's versus Carrick Shock. This is going to be in John's Park at four o'clock on Sunday. Lots of matches to come up now. I can see by your face. This one is not going to be easy to call at all at all. Like you've and you've even asked for help, but you're not getting much. No, I'm not getting help from anybody around here. It's much like at least Anya would give you a grunt or something. <laughs> the other two here are just sitting there. Maybe be talking to spot the dog. Spot the dog. 
Oh, yeah. oh well, that's never true. Or Jalene's just her saying she's from Limerick. That's oh, true. Yeah. So yeah, we'll just leave it there. Um, look, Emerald St. Anne's and Carrick Shalk. Emerald St. Anne's had a convincing win in the last round um, in the, the round robin section against Carrick Shock. But Carrick Shock will have learned a lot over the last couple of weeks. I said this to Anya, especially when the, the draw was done the last time that we were in it. Carrick Shock probably learned more from Emerald St. Anne's that night maybe than Emerald St. Anne's did about Carrick Shock because Carrick Shock can improve so they can see Emerald St. Anne's weaknesses or their strengths whereas Emerald St. Anne's may or may not take Carrick Shock for granted because the scoreline was the way it was the last time and that could be their killer. And also we saw Carrick Shock last year when it comes to knockout games by God do they do they grin and bear it and do the teeth come out and they will come out actually like fighting. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if Carrick Shock turned one over on Emerald St. Anne's. But you'd have to go with Emerald St. Anne's just with regard to the experience they have behind them. And like, I I, I, I think for Carrick Shock's sake, you'd love to see them win. Because like, I mean, it's very hard to come up from junior and you don't want to be facing straight into a, a semi-final relegation situation. But I just... And just slightly, very slightly go for Emerson Hans, but I wouldn't be surprised if Carrick Shock turned him over. Okay. Well, the last game then in the first round championship games, and this is between Ballyhale and Liz Downey, and this is the first game of a doubleheader in Johns Park on Sunday. This is at one o'clock. It's the meeting of Ballyhale versus Liz Downey. Again, this is not going to be an easy one to call. No, it's not. It's it's like Ballyhale seemed to be clicking. We always knew Ballyhale had the players, but never seemed to click. Um, I know they didn't have it easy enough at the beginning of the year. They were sort of had, I think, getting yeah, getting, they struggled, struggled yeah, for a while, getting yeah. everything together. But they seem to have clicked. But Liz Downey also have clicked, and I suppose Philo in at wing forward is a new position for her, and Which she seems, seems to be, to be a loving revelation, it. Yeah, loving it. And like I mean, I was looking at the teams, like they've got a young team, the players back that they didn't have last year. That say that it'd be about nineteen twenty. Sarah Fien, lovely hurler, really good. Like I mean, I I like watching Sarah. She's so dependable, and they seem to just have clicked and and got it together. So. Again, it, it's going to be a tight game, but I'm going to go over with Liz Downey for this one. Are you sure about that? Yes. Oh, Why are you not sure about it? Do, you, do I sound indecisive? Well, I don't know. You said to me the last <laughs> time that, uh, you know, say Martins is going to win, then you change your mind to Barra Rangers. Like, so. But do you, do you see what I mean? The championships are quite, even though people would say, all right, um, oh, well, if you go in league form, whatever, which is what I'm basing any of the tight ones on, there's not a lot in between any of the teams. There isn't anything. No, like. no, there isn't. Like either one of these could go straight into the quarterfinal next draw and either one of them could be in a relegation And the other thing is to be aware of is that weather is going to have an impact on certain yes. teams. Some of the teams will be physically stronger than others. So if you've got a heavy, wet day, they're going to thrive on it. Others are lighter. And if it's a dry, fine day, you know that they're actually going to function better. And we, you know, these are all the things you have to be mindful of on that level. The messenger is on the way. Uh, oh, well, actually, this came up in a, a different WhatsApp group that I was looking at the, recently as well. Boot choices. Yeah, very uh, at this time of the year, what I'd be doing is I'd be bringing two pairs of boots. Or I'd bring one pair with the short cogs and the long cogs. Um, and, uh, you know, can't use the steel ones from Fred and Camogie, but you can have your longer cogs that'll give you an extra bit of grip. And again, it depends on the pitch you're playing because some of the pitches are holding up better than others. Um, Actually, for the time of year and especially the rain that we had over the weekend. Now, we were at two matches the weekend because obviously we were broadcasting hurling games live. Callan held up very well Saturday evening between the, the Shamrocks and Danes Fort. And for the torrential downpour above in Danes Fort, actually, yesterday evening, 
I mean, it really held up very well. There was no pools of water and even coming with surface water in the pitches. So, you know, the, the pitches have become, they're becoming better. But they probably are becoming, but the problem is from this time of year, the draining off of water is going to be, take longer and longer and longer. And that if we have a couple of downpours in between now and next Sunday, you could be dealing with a completely different situation. And like, I mean, the most important thing at the moment is to be able to hold your feet in matches and not to be slipping and sliding. Um, and I suppose primary possession is going to be the key thing with all of these. And you know what? I'm going to say it. I know I always talk a bit of the psychological bibble babble. In all honesty, it's whoever wants to win it the most. Yeah. It'll like at the end of the day, rate, work rate, passion, passion, hunger, putting their body on the line, getting in, putting the hooks and blocks. That's going to be the one that we're going to have to Okay, so at. remind me, Ballyhale or Liz Downey, did you say? I went with Liz Downey. Okay, so right, let's move on then to the league final then of the intermediate. And this is going to be the Roarness League versus O'Loughlin Gales. This is a 3.30pm throw and uh, it's in Dr. Tierney Park in Great Namana. It's on Sunday afternoon. Now, the Roar, after having their problems recently with uh, different management change, O'Loughlin's great there in the final. They had a very good win over Moonkine in the semi final. How do you see this one going? Look, the Roar seem to have been galvanised a bit over everything that happened. Um, like to, lose, to change in mentorship and things like that can have two affects A you can either let it get into your head and, and whatever or B that you sort of go out and, and have faith in the process and what you've been doing all along all year I will think there'll be nothing between these two teams I do think the roar would probably have a little bit more firepower up front but then again O'Loughlin's have it as well and I think a lot of it is, is that we know that Laura Murphy is going to be marked we know that most likely Quiverker Marta is going to be tightly marked. And then you've, Ke- but you also have Kelly Hampton up there as well. Yeah. And Kelly Ooh. can cause a mountain of trouble. But then again, I've seen it. Aoife Sheely, who's only a young girl, she's great at ghosting in and out. And, and you know, all of a sudden she'll pop up and, and pop over the points. Again, where are they going to play Danielle Quigley? I've seen her play centre back. I've seen her play in the forwards, midfield. You don't know. Um, where will Laura Green be playing? We don't know. Mm, These are all of the different factors. The last day she was all over the place herself and Murph and I mean Murphy caught three balls the last day against Moonkine and if you were watching him you'd have been so proud like it was unbelievable. Straight into the hand and she always runs with the ball as well. She attacks it. But I can tell you one thing if you were at the some of the hurling matches that we were at over the weekend and you were looking at lads roll lifting the ball. You'd have pulled. See, I didn't bring that up. You, you did now. You I, see, that's, yeah. that's, that's, don't be bringing that up. But actually, do you know what makes things worse? I actually heard somebody telling a player to stop and roll lift the ball. Now, the only way maybe I'm going to see this is where I'm going to be nice and being the nice side of me that does break out. Oh, maybe God. it's due to the fact of the weather conditions that. Because they no, could, no, no. There, was no, there was no weather conditions Saturday morning well, or anything at these games. Oh, so. well, that's case. Just let me at them and I'll strangle them straight away. <laughs> that would wreck my head now, you know, at this stage. But then again, regardless of whether I was trying to be magnanimous and say, oh, you know, these things happen. But regardless, Jeannie Macklats, it just doesn't make sense that you have to stop, roll, lift a ball, break your stride. Whereas what you want to be doing is getting it into the hand and taking her three steps and breaking the tackle exactly right, and that's Jim. one of my other pet peeves at the moment for this year is What's people breaking? Throwing, not breaking the tackle mm-hmm. and throwing up a ball in front of a player and getting blocked down whereby they actually can take those three steps and move forward well, you can actually do four you might get away with five with some referees depending. depends how short your legs are yeah <laughs> <laughs> or oh. long 
It does depend how close you are. It does depend how close you are. Yeah. Who were you giving the rawness the equal occupancy? Did you tell me then? Mm. Or did you tell me yet? I didn't decide. I'm sitting on the fence on this no one. No fence. I told you they're finishing the day so we have to have a winner. There's no draws. Lillian, who do you think of between the Rohan and Auckland's? Silence oh, is look, golden. Look. Them, say She'd say all Auckland's. Okay, Elaine, rural Auckland's. Um, again, I don't know, but I'll go with Auckland's. Okay, well, for just because the two of them went with Auckland's, I'm going with Rora. <laughs> I don't even know why I went to Auckland's. Look, I just saw the name there. Oh but, God almighty Do you see what I have to put up I know oh, but God, like, All oh, joking God, yeah. aside, It's going to be a great final it, it, what is it? It's going what? to be a tough game And that's what I'm saying The margins are so tight Right I even have to go Oh wished We have a venue calling um, I'm going to get my lovely producer Actually Is it not to, the lotto uh, numbers? It's not the lotto numbers But it might as well be the lotto numbers Because uh, It's actually Paula Dowling's sister That's coming with good news For a venue Oh Sheila Dun 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 <laughs> If she comes back and she says no, I tell you one thing, I'm going to be so P-I-S-S-E-D. We can only do what we can do, Martin. I know. We do our best. Sheila will start you But now in fairness, you haven't had a match in a while, like, so we can, you know. We, we, That's we, not we, even funny now. <laughs> that wasn't meant as a dig now either, by the way. No, it's not good there. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> so see, seriously, I, when I was saying that, I said to myself, this is going to sound like a dig now, but it's not actually. You know, do you, you, know, do you, know, do you know, lads, if Andrew's watching here and saw how innocent his face looks... And all I can see is from his nose up and his eyes are darting around his head. I know full well. He's just trying to... Oh, I wouldn't say that now. No, you wouldn't say that. No, I wouldn't no, say that. No. Anyway, let's move on to the junior final between uh, John Locks, Bennett's Bridge and Greg Namana. Great to see Greg Namana in the junior final with all the troubles that they had. Have we white smoke? We have white smoke, hallelujah. Right, that's okay. So, Barrow Rangers and St. Martins will take place in Freshford. That is now confirmed. So, good news on that front. Right, junior final, as we said, John Locks, Bennett's Bridge, combined team, got to the county final last year. Carrick Shock, Betram, with a last gasp goal. They're in the league final. Greg Neman in the league final for the first time in a very long time. Who's going to win? Do you know what? Isn't it, like, the teams wouldn't have met that often over the last couple of years, would they? Uh, probably not, no. No, and like, I mean, Greg Namana, um, like, they have a nice key group there. The thing is, it's whether, as I keep saying, it is a 20-person game at the moment, is that to have, if injuries, if people run out of steam, if cramp happens, whatever, that you have that backup. And I suppose John Oxman's bridge seemed to be, I think the extra time the last year would have stood to them. Like, I mean, that match against Dixborough going to the two sets of extra times and they've had the two weeks off so they should be well rested and ready to go but I think they will have learned a lot about themselves over that two extra bits because it's like saying sometimes it's nearly harder to teach a team to win or to train a team to win to get them over that sort of barrier to actually learn winning is a habit and you have to learn how to win and that's why I think that maybe I'd be going with John Locke's Bensbridge again Greg Namana Anything could happen in between them, but I do think you'd have to give the slightest of nods to John Locke's Brins Bridge. Okay, just the slightest of nods, Paula is telling me. So that goes orange and I can give the highlighter back to my producer. Right, talking about John Locke's Bennett's Bridge, I actually have to say we want to send a big congratulations and best luck to one of our own referees and a player that plays with John Locke's Bennett's Bridge and that is Vivian Holmes because Vivian has been appointed on this Saturday to referee 
the Kilkenny Minor A Hurling Championship Final between Dunhamagan and James Stevens in UPMC Nolan Park. It's the first big county final refereed by a female, I think, ever in Kilkenny. And congratulations to Vivian and we certainly wish her the very best of luck. She's one of our referees as well. She does camogie games and a fine referee that she is, but delighted to actually see that happening. And I have to say, um, and I don't know whether I mentioned it. I think I did the last time, but uh, I sent Kira a personal message as well to uh, congratulate her and tell her that she'd done a great job because she did, because Kira was actually on the line for Carrick Shock and Fenians in a s- intermediate hurling game recently in Johns Park as well. And again, done a brilliant job. So it's great to see cooperation between everyone. I know Carlo does it as well. They have a couple of female officials that's uh, up there. Brilliant to see. That's the way forward. It doesn't matter whether you're a man or a woman. If you can put a whistle in your mouth and you're able to referee, so be it. Oh no, definitely. Like, I mean, the, the two the two ladies are doing a great job. So like, I mean, keep the flag flying. And Liz is flying it for us at exactly. the inter-county level anyway. Talking about inter-county level, and I know our esteemed co-host in Poland is fairly pissed off. Um, oh Yeah. I was very surprised. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, we got notification, obviously, uh, this morning with the Soaring Stars, which have been announced. So there's no nominations. They've actually been announced. Did they? Kilkenny, getting to an All-Ireland semi-final, has not featured. Once. Not even one. I have no... Which I think with Laura Green... And all of the matches she played, she's after winning, I think, player of the match two or three times that they were being done as well. And still not to get a soaring star, I think is an absolute, and I don't care whether I'm chastised or lambasted or what for saying this, but I think it's an absolute disgrace. I suppose, like, at the end of the day, I would agree with you. I think she probably should have been picked. But on the other side of it, I'd say if Laura had her way, she'd probably prefer to have gotten to an intermediate All-Ireland final and won it out. That would have meant more to... Look, we know what type of players our girls are. It's not about the accolades. It's about the team as the whole. I do think it is very surprising and actually shocking that she wasn't nominated or, as I said, they went straight to actually just giving out the stars. And I'm surprised that she wasn't included in it, which is really, really... um, quite surprising um, I suppose not even to have one on the team and I wouldn't mind the fact that she had won player of the match twice during the actual All-Ireland series I don't know it just doesn't make sense to me at all whatsoever so from that perspective um, I suppose does it, what, does it, what does it say I don't know I'm but it was a strange way to do it oh, this year one sec round button now it would seem to be a strange way to do it this year too though that they they announced the 15 like that they didn't announce and pick them like they normally did because Well previously they have always announced the soaring stars before the all stars that was done last year seemed to be different that they picked it and then they brought all the nominations into the event as well and then they picked it from the nominees but Yeah I couldn't remember because it's probably 2016 since we last would have been involved in soaring stars when we had a successful intermediate No but they did have it last year when we were at the all stars They did have it last year yeah Now unless they thought that it dragged out the night or something I don't know I don't know know, Look either either way I just thought I was surprised when she didn't get nominated You get to the all-earned semi-final I thought it would be the nominated and then 
recognised it from there, I would have thought she would have been in the reckoning. Yeah, for it. I was the same. I actually but, thought you we, know we might be even. I'd say two. if you were talking to Laura, she probably would have preferred like she uh, she just. Oh, the intermediate. Once, yeah, to get to, the get to an all final, final would have made more to than anything because that's the way. But I think it's the lack of recognition, though, Paula, as well. Like there's a there's a prestige about being nominated for all for because it's technically an all star competition, the soaring stars. It's, it's but it looks like that they only kind of went either on the finalists or something that way because Jerry and Meath feature heavily in Tipperary it. got one and Claire Tipperary got one. Claire and Tipperary got it because they're in the junior and they bring the soaring stars for the intermediate and the junior and combine the two of them together. Very hard to judge that now, lads, because yeah. you're up at two well, that's different what's levels, done. you know. Um, oh, that's why the, I couldn't understand. Why yeah, I just but you get where it comes from. It doesn't, junior, from yeah. my perspective, it wouldn't make sense because it's quite. I don't know because you're you're talking about three different competitions. If that's the case, would you like to have the all stars at senior level? But well, that's like, the case. Would you be putting the senior and the intermediate together? together? You know, I don't know. Technically, well, I would actually think if, if you're going to announce them like that, you should have a junior, a senior, or a junior and intermediate. If you're going to and, and having split up that way, because there's plenty probably of junior players that didn't get recognition as well, and probably other counties like ourselves that didn't get. Which was part of the reason why when we were doing the team of the the team of the year for uh, the club Camogie that we we made the decision to have a junior, senior, and an intermediate. But you kind of had to. I mean, you take the three grades out of there. How are you going to pick the best fifteen players, even club you level, you out of all the three grades and that? Like, it, it's impossible. You couldn't. You couldn't. And like as well as that, you have to have some kind of a standard level that you're looking at. As in, you have to have that, you know, right, these are all of our junior teams. These are the girls we've been looking at in the standard, Mm. you know. And sometimes it does happen. You're looking at someone, you're going, geez, I'd love to see that player at senior level. God, you know, she'd be able to throw it into the mix there. No problem. But it's kind of disrespectful at at, um, at a national level as well that the junior players are lumped in with the intermediate players because they're not being judged on the rest of their peers they're, they're, well I don't know that, that's the way it was always done but it, it, the, the yeah, soaring but stars has... were announced and that etc but I, I don't know I still think if you're going to pick your soaring stars you have to pick your best players out of the championship that you're picking and it's not just going on a final I'm not saying it just went on a final maybe there was nominations that was there that came from it but certainly from what we've seen at the intermediate level this year Laura Green is certainly one of the best that we've seen yeah. and not just because she's Kilkenny it actually no, is she a fact actually, oh, she's she's had a really there's well. also a girl from Cork that was playing in the forward line as well that's right that Can't played very name. very well and my programmes are not near me but she definitely deserved to pick up one as well and looking at Claire and even Tipperary and some of the teams is there as well they'd be a little bit peeved off like this I think Claire maybe have two nominations in it and Tipperary have one but if I'm not mistaken even down to the whole promotion of it Martin and promoting junior clo- junior counties that are trying to do their best yeah Tipper- Tipperary got one yeah Gene Kelly got uh, a soaring star um, win in the, the corner forward position and Claire got two that I can see Ellen Casey got one and Quiva Cahill got one and that's it so like Tipperary got to a final and they got one. I don't know. It just doesn't make sense to me. I if I, I don't know. I think an overhaul needs beggars, to be done on beggars that. Belief it it certainly does. But look. Well put, Paula. Um, Do you mind if I say something? No. Um, I suppose from my own perspective, I just would like to acknowledge uh, the passing of Phyllis Fitzpatrick. I was actually going to do that next. But you, you got, got there, a, sorry, you got there before me. Yeah. Um, Phyllis... Um, 
would have um, his mother to Emma, Eileen, Lydia, Aoife, who all would have um, played with St. Actons and also girls would have been involved with county, former county ca- players. players yeah. yeah, And then Granny to Quiven, Sirius and Roshin and, and all the rest of them. And then Johnny would be, Phyllis's husband is chairperson of the local GA club. Um, what would I say? Charismatic. Um, mad as a box of frogs. And was just always a great supporter for us down through the years. And I suppose she'll be sadly missed. But I have no doubt whatsoever that when she's above in heaven, we'll probably still hear her shouting us on. And uh, just on behalf, I'd just like to extend my condolences to the whole family. Agus er yeshteg meganam dilish. We certainly um, extend their sympathies from us as well, because obviously Lydia was part of the squad. Actually, did she win the... Um, did she pick up uh, Say It For Me? Intermediate top scorer last yeah. year. And I was, team yeah, there. I was thinking that, yeah. yeah. Um, so look, we've had Lydia County, we've had Eileen, we've had Eva at different times as well. Quiva would have been involved under 16, two years under ago. Under age, yeah. Like, um, it's it's terrible, you know. But when, you know what? I will say the GA community were fabulous over the weekend. Uh, look, how, long, how many times are we saying this? It really showed. I mean, I'm going to go into this as well. It's not camogie related, but when you're talking about funerals and community and the whole lot, like we had a funeral last week, as mm-hmm. you know, from uh, Mary Rocker passed away. She was our GA secretary below in Slavery for 34 years. I can see my eyes welling up now already. Paul is already welling up. So why do we always end these things on sad notes? No, but We're, it's not sad. It's a, it's important though it's to recognise it. it. Yeah. Like, it's more okay. We have the crack, and we're talking about matches and everything. And, yeah. And the, but at the end of the day, it's the bonds that are made through Correct. GA. But you're dead right with the community spirit because I've seen it at home with the whole of the club rallying around between Stuart and for the wakes on the the evening before the guard of honours that's been done. You know, throughout the day, the people that was helping out in any way at all possible, all the tributes just goes to show how much people has loved. Very same in Freshford over the weekend, no doubt. You have plenty of people that was there you know making refreshments for the families and dropping them in the same as all the neighbours would but do but even at that Martin think about of all the neighbouring clubs and the people that would have come to show their yeah. respect for Mary and the same for Phyllis and I think that's just that's the one thing like at the end of the day when you put down the hurls and take off the helmets you have so much respect for people that give to the GA community and like I mean and likewise you know that it's acknowledged that you know that we're all part of one big GA family whether it's GA yeah. Camogie football or whatever and at the end of the day they're the people that you can rely on and I just think do you know what you, you get upset about it and you'd be sad for people and everything like that. but at the end of the day it's sort of it's heartwarming it is. It just sort of reaffirms because Puts it all into perspective. perspective. And sometimes you're there going around the place and you'd be going, oh, geez, that lad. Where else a... would you get it? You get other sports and they're baiting the level crap out and of you know, one we, another. We you have to be segregated. All, we, yeah, but we all give about give out about each other and everything do, like that. But, but at the end of the day, you're sort of going, do you know what? Like, I mean, but we help one another. We help each other. We're there out for one another. Other. We support that's, each that's other. That's what it's all about. It's just nice to. It's just a nice feeling to know that at the end of the day that we're all at the end of the day we're all only human. You know Gaelic that kind Games of family I've said it for a long yeah. time is one of the most unique in the whole world that something like that can happen and it can bring everybody together in terrible times and you know I mean Elaine could be marking you out on a pitch on a Saturday and you could bait the living seven pucks of you know what out of one another right and something happens to someone then within a family and the first person that you're going to see or you get a text message or a message from yeah. is that person. 
Yeah, oh yeah, but that's that's you what know, it's all it's, about. It's unbelievable. It's unreal. You know? It's unique, and, and I th- I think we need to keep about it. Going out in the weather, like the weather this weekend and last weekend was atrocious, and there's lads g- give out about going out the door in some of the weather this weekend, but they all turned out on Saturday and Sunday. Mm, you of know? course they did. Well, to Mary and to Phyllis, the better heaven to both you, um, and knowing that you certainly will be missed in both communities of Slieverew and uh, St. Lactons as well. So, yeah, Garev, Sheeds. Right, tr- anything else that we need to discuss before no, we go? Do you know what we must look at some What's stage? That? Integration. <laughs> I'm not even going there. Not going there. It was a nice sort of segue from, you know, community and all of Well, actually, we, we have seen that Mary McAleese has um, decided that this thing is going to be pushed on a little bit. Um, now, the everybody has been listened to, seemingly. So from the Camogie perspective, 93% of participants are in favour of integration and that it's going to help. When it comes to this, we'll have to wait can and I see with the final detail. Well, now, if I can answer it, I'll try. Does everybody fully understand what integration means? No, but you're, nobody does at this stage because you're only asking every individual club member has had a say on I integration. That, but I just think that people. Well, we're not going what, to be able to answer them I questions. Know we're not. What does it mean, Lil? I'm not 100% sure, but I hear people talking about it and they think it's going to be the next great wonder of the but world. But I think the integration committee themselves <laughs> doesn't know where this is going. You know, I think what they're trying to do is it's it's like they're trying to get feedback from everybody. Correct. And then they're trying to, integration is the word. So what do we interpret integration yes. is? Whereas they probably need to set a few more parameters. I'm sure they have set fiscal and all that mm. kind of thing. But it shouldn't become just a money exercise it has to be the integration and equality and the whole you know the one club that we all are working and striving towards I think we need to see how it's going I think we need to and and it seems to be getting pushed on a little bit I think we need to see what the next steps are like are we going to see a vote on this come Camogie Congress next year what are we voting for what, yeah, what, is, the, what is the proposal? So what are the parameters around it? That's Correct. the big thing. Yeah. yeah. Like what has the the hierarchy, you know, Mary McAleese and this committee that's have to be set out, like what have they decided that integration is going to look like mm. for yeah. all the associations? Or and and, and the other thing is, lads, like I'm just even thinking from integration in general, right? So if you have the four codes or five codes within your club, right? So the football ladies and men's, hurling ladies and men's and handball. Or rounders, because all rounders, rounders, yeah. rounders. There are um, only five. Yeah, five. Well, whatever. So if they all come in together, can you imagine, like, just even the logistics around it? Even just trying to think, like, at this time of the year, we're all trying to, you know, if you're involved in both codes as a lot of us are anyway, you're trying to make as many matches as you can, especially when it gets to finals. You Never don't mind trying to get to matches. Imagine trying to book pitches that but all that's these what I'm just are still saying. on at the same That's what time. I'm just saying. Like, I mean, most clubs now need to probably have yeah. two, two pitches. pitches. Like, there's a lot of... You're lucky you have. I mean, I don't. I've only one. Yeah. But it's just the but logistics. It's the, it's the same amount of people using... The same amount of facilities, but your whole with the tag of integration, over but, but it like you, club. yeah, because you want to get you want to support everybody. You want to, if you're if you're invested in your club as a whole, regardless of the code, you'll want to go to the boys' 50 under 15 semi final, and you'll want to go to the girls' under 14 camogies final semi final, 
and just even the logistics, ah, lads. And even trying to put them out at different times at both ends of the club. Aren't we're try, at the we're same trying time. to do that at the we're minute. Like we, that, yeah. we, we can see that even in different counties that the ladies' football and the camogie are clashing and oh, the whole yeah. time. Like I mean, we we try our damnedest as much as we can, like not to have big clashes as much as possible because we do want our players as dual players if we can and I think we've been pretty good this year like coming up to especially the adult level that we haven't and in fairness the ladies football have told us okay there's a couple of matches coming up on the weekend of the 7th and the 8th we have a particular day on it can the other matches be pushed maybe slightly if the teams that are involved maybe they can play a day before or whatever so you know you have to have a small little bit of cooperation that's there as well other counties I don't know it seems to be like a will for all or an all for one or whatever like it's me for myself and you for No it's territorialism at the worst kind like I mean at the end of the day if you're worried about your players if you want to look after your players it's about working together and trying to where at all possible feasibly switch things around and allow everybody to get that time but if you're going to be so territorial about everything and hold on to this is my piece and I'm not given that's not going to work. So everybody has to become with the same mindset. And that's the one thing is that sometimes you have to leave your cap outside the door. It's like at a county board level that when you're involved as a club, you have to leave, leave your, your club outside, outside the, door, the yeah. door because you are in charge within a role to, you know, look for what's best for Camogie in your county as a whole. Or this, GA or GA club. It's, I'm just saying whatever. using Camogie yeah. as an example. The same will apply with regard to like, I mean, this integration model that, you know, you have to be able to look at things from both perspectives. Yeah. And I think a lot of time people are so much introverted into what is going on within their wheelhouse. They don't even want to have a look from your wheelhouse. You're just out of painting me a picture of you as Mrs. Bull McCabe, like that this is my field. <laughs> Get away out of it. Well, I, well I, I didn't say I was territorial. I'm quite, <laughs> I can see both sides of it, but it is very much, there will no, be. I, of and you see, there will be. I think unless you're involved in both sides, to a certain extent, you don't see both sides. That would be, I would agree with that very much so. Like, I mean, unless you're there and, and involved and you get, like, I mean, there's certain aspects of all the codes that you like, there's probably certain things the Camogie do better than the hurling and there's probably certain things that the ladies Gaelic football do better than the Camogie or the hurling and the same with regards to the Gaelic football. You know, there's different aspects of all of them that probably, and if you could sort of pull it all together and pull the best of and all pull the out, best yeah. of all aspects to get, of all codes together well okay, I tell sorry. you when we do find what is going to go forward for integration we'll certainly have a big debate do on you know what it would be great if we get Mary McLeese and have a chat with her it would no doubt you're going to tell me now you know her and you have a way of contacting her <laughs> That's the producer's job. What's that? That's the producer's job. Actually, now that the president of Mocker is here with us, you know what I mean? They're meeting all the hierarchies. I mean, that could be the next. And she has met President Michael D on several occasions. I had lunch with him last week. (laughs) Ah, here. I'm. I'm I live the, the high the ne- life now. The next day that he's in Kilkenny, we'll have to get him in here like, and uh, bring him on, come on kindly because he's a big advocate of female sports and the whole lot. And it'd be great like, to have him, a couple of fuckle us. Oh, bitch, you shouldn't go home to her for Oh, you. but he'd be a lot in town of a session. <laughs> You've got very quiet, the Elaine. excitement is like real it. in here in studio. <laughs> I know, I, I, can you imagine? Listening. Oh. Paul is literally hopping up and down. I would be just, just she hasn't one clue, I don't think, of what we even said, so. No, no, no. I went up to meet Michael D and he spoke Irish for five minutes to me and I smiled and nod. <laughs> oh, I could I could And then he turned around to me and goes, you didn't understand any of that. And I goes, no, I could have went as your translator. Why didn't you tell interpreter. me? Interpreter. Yeah. Yeah. I would have interpreted and I would have told you a whole lot of lies. You probably would have got to me. <laughs> 
I would have told you a whole lot of lies. And she probably had bull Michael D with a whole lot of lies in Irish. I'd be telling you all kinds of stuff. I'd be saying, oh, he just said, <laughs> I wouldn't say. <laughs> Can you imagine? Anyway. <laughs> On that note, it's definitely time to wrap this up before we get ourselves in trouble with the Secret Service or anything that way well, you're just outside right. <laughs> well let's just say Martin I definitely will not ever be invited to ours and hooked on after that unless I'm president <laughs> <laughs> she has her own bodyguards outside you know and a boot full of wellies so to throw at the people in case yeah they're they... full of cement <laughs> so that when she whacks them she knocks them out <laughs> Oh, we're painting poor Elaine here with an awful picture. But, uh, <laughs> truth, truth. Anyway, the truth. Yeah. Elaine, thank you very much again for joining us. You've been sitting through, listening to everything that has been going on. Not participating very much. You could have. Like, I mean, you've seen a lot of these teams playing, but uh, to Paula and to Lillian, as always, thank you kindly. We will have the traveller back next week from her stint in <laughs> Poland. I'm turning off their microphones right now. Uh, yes, Anya will be back again with us on Monday evening um, and she will be seeing whether Paula got her predictions right or wrong. It's certainly going to be interesting. I laugh if I got 100%. What? Wouldn't I laugh? I would laugh if I got 100%. She would like be all. Oh. And I know you'd rub it in too. No, I'd say nothing. I'd just say, <laughs> smile and nod. I'd just give her that little look and go, it's all right. It's all right. You keep working with it, pet. I'm going okay. Grant. <laughs> anyway. From ourselves here in the studio of Casey Lord, the madness is just about to come to an end until we meet again next Monday and you can hear from us all. It's goodbye from Lillian, Elaine, Paula and myself. Have a great week and enjoy it. Bye, everyone. Bye. This is Come On Kind with Martin Quilty and Onya Fahmi. Oh